This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. So here's the question. In an industry where the rules were written over a century ago and the world of business that we work in keeps changing, how do accountants like us grow our business and its people to their full potentials, stay agile and keep ahead of the game? How do we build scalable businesses, create working cultures no one wants to leave, win new clients, stop trading hours for dollars and establish ourselves as the client's central advisors? That's the question and this show explores the answers. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm on a mission to transform and modernize the accounting industry and help ambitious accountants like yourselves double your revenues, work less hours, and enjoy life even more. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the In Demand Accountant. I'm Sam Dean. I'm super excited about today's interview particularly around, you know, that 2021 for us is, and the podcast is definitely about shifting the, the growth mindset. And today I'm interviewing Troy Morgan, a long-time client of mine who I helped in the early days of my business advisory. And he and I have been working together ever since, not necessarily as informal arrangements, but certainly as mentoring back and forth, both of us. So Troy is a well-being specialist and he has helped, certainly helped me a lot in the past. He's the CEO of Willows Health Group, director and shareholder of health and well-being companies Well360 and Spring Day. He's very much a sought-out national speaker in the areas of well-being, leadership and culture. He was also a business partner with the ABC Commercials award-winning Happy Body at Work program, a program that is a multimedia technology-based corporate health program that has been rolled out to more than 40,000 employees across Australia. The program also won the prestigious Amy Digital Awards for the best health and well-being online program in Australia. Troy's worked with many clients such as Optus, PwC, the ATO, Vodafone New Zealand, Virgin Australia, Accenture, Australia Post and ANZ. His corporate health work has seen him launch wellbeing and change strategies initiative not only here in Australia, but New Zealand, Hong Kong, Singapore and Malaysia. On the side, in his own sporting career, of course, Troy never sits down. He's played five World Cups for Australia in touch football and has been playing in over 50 games for his country. Troy and I are a very similar age and he is still doing that and I always see his injuries as well. The main reason why I've got Troy on today is to really think outside the box. He started in the very traditional gym industry, very much a lot of the work that I do is paralleled to some of the journey stuff. It's very traditional, high-touch, face-to-face. And what he's done and how he's thought about it and how he's really woken up every day around his why of helping people with their well-being has led him to do some amazing things as you have just heard. And I think the key points for me is really in this conversation is really linking back to your why and how 
you approach this question and where it can lead you. And I think this is one of the things we really need to get down to. First of all, what our why is and then what we can do every day to change that. And Troy's journey has been a long one. So um, this certainly isn't a short, easy step. And for us advisors, the highlight of this conversation was a surprise for me, was a conversation around coaching with compliance as opposed to coaching with compassion. And it's a must listen for anyone wanting to do any type of client work into the next decade. Now, there are some sound issues in this. There was something going on in the audio in the background. And obviously, with technology, we always do this. But please bear with us. This is an amazing conversation and really starts our shift from the fixed to growth mindset with somebody who has certainly lived that every day. Enjoy. Well, hello, Troy. Troy and I actually share an office together occasionally when we're both in town at the same time. And ironically, we're doing this online today. So (laughs) um, we've known each other for quite a long time. I'm super excited to have Troy on today because of the way he thinks about a very traditional business's in gym and in health and he has I'm going to say blown up that very traditional gym membership model and um, Troy and I often rumble on what's the comparison with the health industries and, and particularly gyms and the accounting and the professional services industry that I sit in and it's remarkable how similar they are. So welcome to the In Demand Accountant Troy, um, can you just give us a quick thought in your own world, maybe a quick summary of your journey and and how we got to be here today? Yeah, thanks, Sam. It's really exciting to have a chat here. Yes, we do share an office and uh, we can't even be in the same office to have a chat together. So, <laughs> the new world of everything online, even when you share an office. Yeah, mine's been an interesting journey, so background in exercise science, very much centred in coaching and um, have worked my way from a personal trainer and mum and dad's downstairs rooms through to working for Queensland Academy of Sport, Touch Football Australia, and then owning my own businesses from fitness businesses through to startup technology in health and wellbeing and um, also corporate health programs. So Fantastic. a wide variety. I actually um, met Troy um, 16 years ago because Zach's now 16. So 16 well, years ago, <laughs> I had snapped an ACL when I was pregnant with my second child and my physio recommended me to Troy and um, he helped me get strength back without the reconstruction. Um, unfortunately, we ended up having to reconstruct both knees, but that had nothing to do with Troy, more to do with my badly designed body. But so Troy and I know for a long time, and then I also uh, worked with Troy on his business as well. So he was helping me um, with my health and my well-being, and I was helping him also in, in the business space as well. And now I consider that um, that has flipped as a little bit too. He also advises us on ours. So tell us about the business model that you're working in now. I mean, it's always intriguing to me because the accounting industry, obviously very traditional. We get our, um, I was an advisor to you, but we're also your tax accountants at, at some point as well. And you've been on a journey. So you understand our business model a bit, but yes. the membership, just tell us a little bit about the traditional gym membership model. And then also where some of it's going now, but also how, how some of it's also now still stuck in the past, even given the disruptions that have been happening. Yeah, we all struggle with change and, and, and I think you even used the reference around 
how I blew up the traditional fitness center model and, and a few other people have, have said that as well. And I'll probably bring it back to, I don't think I actually blew the model up. I think I blew up how I looked at my own business. Um, you were certainly okay. part of that right at the beginning and also blew up how I connected to, to the model. Started with a personal journey first. So really, um, as you know, a massive Simon Sinek fan. So really looked at what my why was and was I living that why every day and was the business model that I was building actually allowing me to live that why every day and was the actual traditional model ever going to allow me to live that why? And, and when I really sat down and thought about that, it wasn't. So if that was if the traditional business model within within gyms or in that membership model wasn't going to be, allow me to do that, then for me to be happy and my staff to be happy and to be able to grow where I wanted to grow, I had to build a model that allowed me to do that. So I think that was really the starting point. Um, and my strong why is around engaging people in the possibilities and opportunities that come with change. Now, whether that's in their health, whether that's change in culture in my corporate world, whether that's change within my family, I can I can put my why into whatever whatever I'm working in and whichever business I'm now working in as well. So, with the fitness model, that was where I started. That that's um, so fantastic, and and Troy was the one who introduced me to Simon Sinek and the why, and now the purpose driven businesses that he talks about now, and also one of my um, other who I sometimes called my god actually um Brene Brown which is interesting that Troy was the one not a woman but Troy um introduced me to her as well early on in the piece I just want to drill down on that so I think the, that that connection is what we miss um particularly in businesses and I know that the guys I work with quite often struggle with that and I'm seeing a mass issue with the um health and well-being of accountants and one of my whys is to make sure that we have businesses that we can find joy in and purpose in. And I've worked very hard on that and have gone through a few few businesses and, you know, made the decision that I'm not going to hang around if if that. And it, it, it transpires that I now have to build a business from the scratch up, not so much by myself, but with people who have the same identity rather than reinventing some of the old one. And now I'm helping other accountants do that. So. What were some of the struggles that you came across? Because, I mean, this connection of internal work, because I also know that if you don't sort your shit out on the inside, it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. So whether that is, you know, Troy knows that I struggled with weight for a long, long, long time, and it wasn't until I dealt with what was going on internally um, and had to drop the weight to protection, and I'm about to turn... 50 next week and um, Troy's been on the journey with me so he knows going into 50 I'm probably 20 years younger at least than going into 40 and a good 26 to 28 kilos lighter depending on what the day is and you know that was you know Troy was on that with me and it really wasn't until I got my internal shit sorted out and exactly the same in the business as well. And it's so interesting. So can you give um, people some suggestions with that and what you've seen? Yeah, I think that's a really important point, Sam. Like when when we go into that growth mindset with regards to our business and being able to live our passion, that it has to be that that connection between business and yourself. So that there is no distinction when you're living your best life um, and living your best life within your business or whether that be in your personal life. So 
when I really started looking at that journey and that connection of why and that opportunity and possibilities model, mm. how, how did that look? And, and deep down for me to be able to do that was it had to be centered in coaching, whether that was coaching myself, whether that coaching clients, whether that was coaching my staff. So I am a coach deep down at heart, whether that was in a sporting performance model or strategy model or cultural model. And so my, my journey really led me to what is the best coach? How can, how can I be the very best coach and, and then scale that across what I was doing? And so I really looked at the neuroscience and habit change around that and it, it came down to two types of coaches, coaching with compliance which may excite some of the listeners today because compliance is <laughs> yes. also will excite the exercise scientists because compliance is what they want people to do or yeah. coaching with compassion. There's a very clear distinction between coaching with compliance and coaching with compassion. Now, as I said, as an exercise scientist, that, that compliance really excited me early in my career because what I believe to get people to change they had to be very compliant to the instructions I was giving them. And and when I first coached you, I, I even shut out the advice I gave you to start with because people would come to see me and it's stop doing this, stop doing this and start doing this. Now, that's very client-based and that's actually shutting people's minds down to what's possible. And you, you see in the research when, when people are coached with compliance, their mind actually shuts down. It makes them feel guilty. It, it makes them feel um, unwanted. It, it really shuts the person's mind down. Now, that's the complete opposite of why I started in health, well-being and fitness. And that's what I was doing to people's minds. Whereas coaching with compassion, what opportunities and possibilities can I open up for you? What direction do you want to go in? And that's that's very much opens people's minds up to the opportunities and possibilities. Now, whether that's in business, whether that's in health and well-being, it, it, there's no distinguishing between that. And compliance is all about feelings of hope and optimism. And that, that really is why I started in business and why I started in health and well-being. Um, and when you look at my industry, it's the exact opposite. Like we've never been more informed about health, well-being, fitness, but we've never been more unwell based on lifestyle choice disease. So I have to wake up each morning now I'm working in industry that is failing. There's no other way to look at look at that. Now, no matter what business that is, that can be overlined, whether it's accounting, whether it's fitness, whether it's retail. How can we centre our clients in compassion? How can we allow them to choose the journey they want to be in with regards to the business you're connecting them on? How can the staff be connected to my business and engaged in what they want to create as well? Because we're all centered in that why, we're getting on the same bus. So it's it, it really was coming back to that. And I, I'm in self-reflection, that's what I look at in all of my businesses. Am I creating an environment of compassion or am I com creating an environment of compliance? That compliance will come if we create the right environment for people to choose what that compliance looks like for them. And I think when I started my journey with you on the accounting side, you very much did that with me, with your lifestyle program, whereas traditionally accountants would talk about compliance issue and tax and all that sort of stuff. My mind would shut down, certainly not, yeah. 
Whereas when we started together, it was very centered in lifestyle, what I wanted to create, um, mm -hmm. which really fitted with my, my model, which then started me to engage in the financial side. Because as you knew, that was one of the least things I used to look at in my business. I just yeah. want to make people feel better and well. And yeah. So, um, that, that really changed how I connected with the financial side of the business, which had led to the growth and led to me being able to open up other opportunities and certainly from our little base in Toowoomba be a worldwide business where I've got clients, yeah, where I've got clients all over the world particularly and, and grow within Australia as well. Well, I haven't thought about that for a while, but yes. For everyone out there who, who knew me, um, and I still do the SMEC stuff, and it's very similar to what I do with accounting, you know, we started with the don't compromise your personal goals for your business ones, build them together. And um, it has certainly been a, a journey on that and, and that real connection. And I think sometimes we um, as advisors, and it's interesting, I don't know if we discussed the coaching with compliance or, or co and coaching with compassion before, but it's very similar to what I talked with the expert um, and advisory mindset. and you know, doing compliance and you can actually coach with compassion in compliance work as well, um, yeah. you know, which and I, can I, I'm going to borrow those if that's okay as well. And it was so interesting in connecting with your why, but also my models have changed, my, the way I'm doing things now and really helping SMEs, you know, like yourself and you're not an SME anymore, um, grow is still the same, but the vehicle that I'm using is much different. And um, thank you for that because I, I, I had, I had um, kind of disconnected with that. Now that I'm working with accounting professionals, I think that we've missed that entirely in our accounting industry. We've got to get back to what we want so much of it. And so why I can get out of bed most mornings is, is the occasional morning when, you know, I don't want to get out of bed and, and sometimes I actually don't. But most of the time I do. And we need to get back to what we've done. And I think sometimes a lot of people in any industry, be it wealth, like I am and health for yourself, we don't connect the why because we don't. I mean, and a lot of guys I interview, we do a lot of interviews with accountants, you know, every week. And a lot of the times I say, why did you get in the industry? It's because that was the degree I was told to do. Mm. And it's a good business and I make quite good money. That's a big difference between the accounting industry and the gym industry as well. You've really got to work, you know. Um, it's more guaranteed, the income. And now I'm 40 or 45 and I'm just sad. And it, this is not just the accounting industry. There's a lot of professional services industries. And I would love for you to talk a little bit, if, if you could, about the health and well-being work you're doing from a technology front. Because while we can explore the why and stuff, I think, too, we've got to look at, I think what happens with professionals who've been doing things for a long, long time is that when we do look out, when we go, we need to change, but no one's, everyone's telling us we have to, but no one's telling us how do we start that voyage, particularly now when the future, we can't, like in an industry such as accounting, we pretty much know what it's going to look like since the late 1800s and not a lot has changed. Now, They've got people like you and me saying, hey, you know, we need a change and we don't know what that change looks like. And then ha and I know that was exactly the same for you and you still you live that every day. What is your suggestion 
for people, you know, every day that you get up that you're actually creating something um, that you don't know the results of. How do you cope with that? Yeah, it's, it's certainly the technology side is certainly really interesting and the, and the journey that goes alongside that it has certainly been interesting as well. And, and I often talk about what we've been through over the last 10 years, what I've, I've wanted to build within health and well-being. Embedding technology is like going through the, the seven stages of mourning a death. There's, there's just <laughs> so many blocks along the way and, and it, it is going to be tough. So when people look at our business now and look at the technology that we're using and going, well, I'm just going to use that, you have to make sure it's still centered in your why. So I think that the mistake we make is that we just look at all the different technology pieces and we're really strong on our why or the model we want to do face to face, but we don't think about the same process when we look to add technology to our business. Mm -hmm. So once again, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, it's coming back to, to that center of, of what you want to create in your business. Is it centered to your why? And then what technology can help you build that? Not just using technology that everyone else is using because that's what's been suggested. Is it right for your business? Is it going to connect your customers in a way that you want to connect them? So we really stripped that back and, and looked mm -hmm. at what was there. And in the fitness industry, the CRMs that we were after weren't there. So we started the journey of, of building our own with an outside organization. And, and that CRM is still the center of our ecosystem. But what we've, we've then created is what does coaching with compassion look like for our customers that we connect with? And also understanding that the expectation, just because we were a smaller business, the expectation of the client was not going to be any lower than when they were dealing with Apple or Airbnb or Uber. It's a seamless journey. They get to choose what that journey looks like. The customer now owns the journey. And fitness, accountants, just got to get our head around that. And the expectations are changing. I look at the way my daughter engages in life. She owns the journey. If it isn't seamless, if it isn't connected, if it isn't part of an ecosystem, she dumps them quicker than anything. It's not part of her digital life, not part of her, not only her digital life, but her overall life. So the expectations for small businesses are high. And whether we mm -hmm. think that's fair or not, that's reality. And, and one of my, I don't know where I, I, I can't give you the source. So I'm, I'm sorry if I'm stealing it from, from someone. One of my favorite sayings is there's no natural justice in small business. Stop searching for it. It's not going to be there. And I used it this morning with, with one of the staff members who we were, who was really upset about some of the feedback from, from one of the customers because part of our technology wasn't seamless and it, and it didn't work. And, and there were, the first point of call is for the staff member to go into that spiral of don't they know how much work this takes and and I bring the staff member back by going remember there's no natural justice in small business which really annoys them but it then resets us and on what what we need to think about so we really went on a on a journey and and everything that we added had to be scalable it had to be repeatable and all of our systems needed to talk to each other. Because if you have numerous technology systems in your business and they don't talk, what you're creating is inefficiencies. What you're creating also is the possibility of 
sending out the wrong messages to your clients or members because they're in different different portals within the business. But it also, if you're putting all of this technology in, what are you going to do with the data? Because yeah. if the customer or the client owns the journey and you are asking for a lot of data from them and you are not giving them something in return, they are going to get angry and they're going to stop giving you that data and they're going to disconnect from your business. Because often when we put technology in, we put the technology in to make our lives easier and to also give us data to be better upsellers and sellers to our sales funnel, etc. But we don't think about what is in it for the customer. That should be the center first. And if our why was around opportunities and possibilities, how were we building a technology system that was going to allow our customer to connect to our business because it was going to allow our customer to actually create opportunities and possibilities and was going to provide them with a seamless hybrid model between our face-to-face services, our bricks and mortar business, and also that digital world. I just there were there were two things that I really want to do going back, and I think you just nailed it then. And one that is the customer owns the journey. I think in particular we miss that a lot um, in most businesses, not just the two types that we work in, even though they do take quite a lot is at the end of the day, it's for the customer. And particularly in expert businesses, we set the whole business up around our service, what we do, not what we do for somebody or what the client, the client is central. And we, particularly in accounting firms, we have we have people's data. We have more data on people than probably most businesses, you know, from a financial point of view, from a from any point of view, and we don't realise, we know that that's gold, but all our systems don't connect because we set them up to make our lives easier. And, you know, I will debrief on this um, later and, and connect that back and, and explain that a bit further. And then I think the natural, there's no natural justice in small business or in business comes from Jim Collins. I'm just thinking that. Yeah. But, uh, I think it may be. I just didn't want to uh, do a disservice to. <laughs> I know it's. Common. And I know I've heard that a little bit, and it's so true. It's so that word I always say, unfair. Yeah. That's just. It's just what it is, and and we we do have to go with that. And it's not you know life's not fair, and, and things that happen, and we have to really move around it. It's so interesting. So. Um, Oh my goodness, there was so much here and, and we, we will definitely continue the conversation and I'll do a little bit of a debrief on, on some of that with everybody next week. But I think, um, you know, for me, I love that coaching with compliance and coaching with compassion. We have to go forward for any businesses to succeed going forward. We have to be very in tune with ourselves and you can do that on a scaled front. Can I just check in with one thing? One of the things that I've always struggled with um, as an advisor and I get, you know, in, in our industry is people say, we well, can't repeat yourself. And I now proudly admit that I'm a coach and that took me 30 years to admit it, but I do a lot of coaching, you know, coaching in the true sense of making people better. And, you know, I've been watching yours because you do the same thing and you have been able to scale that. And I have seen you also scale other people's magic as well and take it to thousands and hundreds of thousands of people particularly in the corporate world um, and I think you know accountants need to understand that as well that we can take what we do and we can take it to more people it doesn't have to be face to face and you don't have to be the person sitting there constantly doing the stuff 
So, I mean, and that is the secret to building long-term health because you want to be able to walk away when you, you when you can and, and rest. And if you have businesses that are 100% reliant on you to run, to generate income and to motivate staff, you know, it becomes very fatiguing. So I would love to end on your thoughts of sort of three tips on, on how you actually do that and how you've been able to do that. And I know, I know that you can do that because I, I've seen you do it um, and we're trying to do it now in, in my business as well. So do you have any tips on that, how you scale yeah. millions? <laughs> that, that, that may be a longer chat and maybe a, a, another oh, um, part two. But but yeah, it it certainly it comes down to using the data that you're collecting. Yeah. Um, now, when we look at the fitness side, uh, there will be a further chat on the corporate health side and and businesses. But in the fitness side, it was understanding that we built the technology in a way that the customer was going to be allowed to own own the journey. So that's the starting point, and then that data that was being shared by the customer how we how are we then to connecting them to technology to scale the coaching side so okay. we were we knew what areas of the business they were going to what particular classes they were going to the technology allowed us to understand automatically when their habits were changing and then start to connect with them whether that's face to face or digitally so if someone is going really well we don't need to have as much connection coaching-wise, but those that are starting to fall out of the system, being able to connect to them really well. So we actually are at the point now that we can risk stratify and predict when a member is going to leave before they leave. So that was being able to use the data that we were collecting to help our customer, help them connect to the journey that they started being able to connect in a, in a way that they're getting information that they're interested in. No more generic newsletters, no more generic text messages, actually based on the habits of the customer who are in the journey, connecting them with value for them. So it's personalizing that journey because they own the journey. And it's probably a bigger chat on how we scale that personalization across other industries and, and where you start with that. But once again, it, there's no natural justice in small business. The Uber drivers um, know our likes and dislikes. Uber Eats knows that. Airbnb knows that. Apple sends us suggestions all the time. Netflix suggests what we want to watch. And, and we, we're happy to share that data because we get value back. What are you doing with the data? How are you personalizing the journey? How are you creating value for your clients and customers? And how do you create technology that allows you to scale that change so they own that and the intervention on the face-to-face -face comes when they need support? I think that that's the magic, you know, formula going forward. And for everybody listening, I know that that sounded quite complex. It's actually reasonably simple. It's how we actually do things when we're, we're talking and interfacing, but we add that complexity. And, you know, we as an industry have been hearing for a long time that we're going to be processing and everything is going to go. It's this kind of stuff and it's what we do with this data and we use our analytical abilities with this data from a financial wealth point of view and actually putting the client central that will assure our future. Um, and, yes, it's hard, but mm. nothing worth doing is easy. So, um you know, that's what I'm taking away from, from, from what you just said then. And we will continue this conversation for sure um, because the synergies are good. And I knew that we would go 
down some rabbit holes and there's a whole list of things that, you know, we haven't even discussed. So a quick three tips for everybody out there. You are a health expert, Sam. We are under a lot of pressure and stress. A quick three tips on what we can do. Yeah, I think it's the same as business. Be very strong on what your why is. Don't listen to all the Instagram influencers, etc., or the latest business coaches, whether it's in business. It's, it's around being very centered to what your why is for your personal health journey as well. It's having patience, so understanding yeah. and being kind to your, yourself as well um, in your health and well-being journey as well as your business journey. And being able to build a plan that allows you to be consistent. Forgo the perfect plan for a plan you will actually do, which allows you to be consistent with your why, to be patient and to be consistent. Fantastic, Troy. That was unbelievable as usual, um, truly inspiring. And um, we will continue this conversation. And to everyone else there, you keep talking and, as always, be brave. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au and remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.